for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Ultimately, before God, we get what we want. And those who push God away will not have to endure eternity with Him. Wow. Wow. Everybody thought that was cute, and then it like, there was a, first it was sour, right? Or first it was sweet, then it was sour. Anyway. How about this? Being a believer on the low, that's, you know, the person that's just, yeah, I go to church, but I don't want to let nobody, too many people know. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but people don't got to know that at my job. Yeah, you know, right? So being a believer on the low can only be temporary. Because either the secrecy will cancel out the belief, or the belief will cancel out the secrecy. Somebody say amen. Well, all right, I don't want to waste no time. Let's jump right in. We left off in the middle of John chapter 12. If you're just joining us, anybody here for the first time today? Amen. Let's go ahead and welcome them. Amen. If you put your hands up again, we just want to put something in your hands real quick. And in a few minutes, we're going to have you come up and just share your life with everybody here. Just kidding. I just love seeing that look on your face. Amen. Welcome to the sanctuary. So we're in the middle. You're the man. You're the man. G-Force. So we've been in the middle of a, of a message series titled, Walk, you know, Walk It Out. And we've been going through the entire book of John. I just, we wanted to go from the beginning to the end, man. And we're just going through the entire book, kind of seeing what God has for us so that we would understand the word. Amen? So we, we left off in John chapter 12. And just to catch you up, Jesus had already fulfilled many of the Old Testament scriptures. <coughs> and, that, and John records it this way. In verse 16, he says, The disciples didn't notice the fulfillment of many scriptures at the time, but after Jesus was glorified, after he was crucified and rose again, after he was glorified, they remembered what was written about him matched what was done to him. Did you catch that? It says, after it all happened, they remembered that what had been written about the Messiah and how he was to come and how it would happen was actually done to him. And it says in verse 16 that they remembered it afterwards. See, the Old Testament prophets said certain specific things would happen. And here we're reading that everything that was written about him was fulfilled by him. The, the, the Bible is such an incredible book. I wish people would just understand this. There's so many promises in the Old Testament that are fulfilled in the New Testament. It's not just like a book. It's not like a novella. It's not just a, a, a novel that like crazy stories happen. No, this thing is so intertwined and intermixed that it can only be the infallible Word of God. Do you, do you get what I'm, what I'm saying? And see, it, it's, a, it's amazing that, you know, the world could write a, a, a book, a fictional book, about all the supposed hidden things in the Bible, the Da Vinci Code, and it become a bestseller, it could become a top-selling movie, but yet what's written in the Word, nobody wants to follow. But everybody want to know what the hidden stuff is, right? How come? 
People want to know all the hidden stuff. Oh, there's a hidden stuff about the Bible. All of a sudden, they, they're like investigative Christians. They want to go to, to see the movie, to read the book. But, but, the, but the stuff that's playing, they're not following. Amen? Come on, somebody got to say it. See, so these signs would take place so that God's people, Israel, would know that the Messiah, who the Messiah was and believe that Jesus was that Messiah. And the thing was, God's people didn't believe it. They didn't, they wouldn't receive it. They had their own ideas, their man-made theories, their man-built theologies. They had their own conceptions of what the Savior should be, of what He's going to save us from, how He's going to act, and how He's going to be. <coughs> and so they wouldn't receive Christ, even though all the Old Testament that they've studied, that they know, points to this. They won't see it. You see, these guys, if, if you were to tell them that if you went to a certain neighborhood in the Bronx at a certain time, that there would be a man on the corner sitting in a blue Chevy Nova playing loud salsa music, and he'd be wearing a t-shirt with a big green coqui on it that said, Puerto Rico me encanta. And he'd have a gray hair comb over. And he'd have a rope chain with a dollar sign hanging on it. And there'd be three teeth in his mouth and two of them were gold. And if I, if I told you that man's name was Victor, these people would go see him and say, Nah, man, that's just a coincidence. That ain't the man. Some of you got nervous talking about your uncle or your father or somebody. They're like, I know that guy. Those guys would go and they say, That could be anybody. He's, come on, that could be anybody. Even though he, you know, down, down to the three Anyway. And the reason is because they didn't want to lose their political high places. They didn't want to lose power. They didn't, you know, they, they wanted the Messiah to be a political leader. They wanted to hold high places and political offices. But this Messiah didn't come in a Bentley. He came on a donkey. See, there's a difference. This Messiah didn't come with class. He came riding a... There's children here. It's relax. They wanted to be freed from Roman rule. They wanted to have power and authority. But he came to freedom from sin and death. He came that the sick would be made well. That the broken would be made whole. That the separated would be reconciled. See, they couldn't see, they couldn't see the Messiah. But the people saw the Messiah. The people recognized it. And so there was this huge crowd. And they were gathered from everywhere. And that's where we left off. People had heard he was coming. People heard that Lazarus had been raised from the dead. And people were tripping. They said, this man, he raised Lazarus after four days in the grave. That story went out. Everybody came. And there was a crowd there, right? And so we'll pick it up in verse 20. <clears throat> it says, there were some Greeks in town who had come up to, the, to worship at the feast. And they approached Philip who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and they said, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Can you help us? And so Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip together told Jesus. And Jesus answered, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Listen, the message version says it this way, Jesus answered, Time's up. 
time's up. The time has come for man to be glorified. He says, the hour has come. At the sign of the first, understand what's going on here. At the sign of the first two Gentiles coming to look for Jesus. Remember, this is all Jewish. This was a Jewish feast. This was God's people, Israel. This is a Jewish, you know, priest and high priest. And at the sign of two Gentiles coming to look for Jesus, he knows that it's time that this gospel be preached throughout the nation. And so the Gentiles and Jews would come together in one fold. And he says, the hour has come, and, but this can't happen until my death and resurrection. But, but at seeing them, Jesus recognized, he said, the hour has come. My time has come. And look at the very next thing he does. He starts to teach about death. Listen up, verse 24, he says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is, destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. Listen, family, church, God is calling us to love recklessly. Recklessly. We need to love the lovers, love the haters, the players, the player haters. Love those that love us, love those that hate us, love those that talk about us. How many know that's reckless? That's reckless. And it's not an easy thing to do. But look, look at verse 26. Jesus says, if any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. You got to understand, I didn't tell Ephraim anything I was sharing. And Ephraim started just going off on, 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 on the cost of following. That's the spirit, man. Just, just flowing in us, understanding, bringing the same message. He's saying, if anyone wants to serve me, they got to follow me. See, the deeper we get into John, the more hardcore we got to get about it. Here is Jesus saying that the hour has come for him to lay down his life. And we make that sound real like peaceful, lay down his life. Like he's going to take a couple pills and go to sleep. Him laying down his life means he's about to endure one of the most long and gruesome punishments that you can ever imagine that eventually will lead to his death. Are you feeling me? Eventually, you understand the, the severity. And he's saying here, if any of you wants to serve me, follow me, and you'll be right where I am. How many of you say, yay, that's fun. I'll sign me up. Just Hector. He's saying, I'm about to lay down my life, and if you follow me, you'll be right where I am. Because those that follow me must serve me. And if you're going to serve me, you're going to end up right where I am. How many of you are excited about being persecuted, about being broken, about being abused, about having your reputation tarnished and turned upside down? See, he says, when you follow me, you'll be right where I am, ready to serve. Ready to serve. The word says, ready to serve at a moment's notice. And it says, the Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. Those words jumped out at me. Ready to serve. And that's the, the theme that I want to talk to you on today. 
Because you see, when you buy certain foods, they'll say right on the box whether they're ready to serve or not. Right? And so this one's it's defrosting a little bit. This one says, not ready to serve. This one has to go into the oven. It's got to bake. It's got to stay in the oven. It's got to, the temperature has to be real high. It's got to get up to 425 degrees. And then, even then, it has to be in the center of, of that heat. And it has to be there anywhere from 17 to 21 minutes. So this, this thing is not ready to serve. It has to, it has to go into the oven and spend some time. Some things right on the box, they tell you. I mean, you know, this pasta, is this ready to serve? This pasta is not ready to serve. This pasta has to be thrown into boiling water. And it's got to be in the boiling water anywhere from 7 to 12 minutes. Not ready to serve. Chef Boyardee, is this ready to serve? We know who eats the Chef Boyardee here. Everybody see. See, this is tricky because this is ready to serve, but you need a special tool to get at it. It's ready to serve, but you need... See, see this is... Why are they in chairs? Because this is the middle section of most churches. This is the middle section of most churches. This one's not ready to serve. He needs to sit in the oven for a little while. He needs to have the heat turn up. This one, no. This sister needs to sit in some boiling water for a long time until things get soft again because this is so hard and so carefree. This one, this one, I, I get this one all the time. This one is a lot of people's husbands. They said, my husband will be ready to serve, but you got to come at him a different way. You got to, you know, it depends on how you talk to him. It depends on how you get him. It depends, you know. So I got to come at this guy with a special tool in order that he could be ready to serve. Amen? That's the middle section of a lot of churches. How about these popums? This says ready to serve. These are ready to serve. But they ain't no good for you. They're ready to serve, but they ain't no good for you. Come on. Frozen corn. Is this ready to serve? No, this got to be thawed out. This is too cold. This ain't ready. This got to get thrown into. This is another row we got to add to the church. Right? They need to be thrown in some, some boiling water. They need some time to have some heat turned up. Hey Amen. Some pretzels. Anybody want a pretzel? Come on, Hector, man. These are good. These are ready to serve. Amen? Take them. Take them. Those are ready to serve. See, when thumb something is ready to serve, it means they don't need no time in the oven. They don't need no other ingredients. They don't need you to come at them a certain way. They don't need a special tool to open them. They don't, I don't need to get you on the right day at the right time and hopefully maybe you'll help me with something. Nah, man. They, they, they don't need time to defrost. They don't need time to get prepared. You know how many, how many of these people I need, I have, we have in the church that need to get prepared? Come on, I know some of you feeling guilty right now, but it's all right. We're going to, with no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen? 
Those, those people that need to get prepared, that's the, hey man, listen, the, the guys, the, the, the men need some help cleaning the church one day a week. Mark is here by himself with another one or two guys cleaning the whole church. Can somebody come out? Oh, whoa, wait, whoa. I need to pray about that and see if I can open up uh, some things in my schedule and I really need to pray. You need to pray? Oh, so you need to get prepared. That means you're not ready to serve, are you? Oh, we need help in the children's church. Oh, man, I, you know, the children's church is, is, is we, we, you know, we need some helpers, man, because the same helpers all the time, and they miss the service all the time. You know, if we all took part, amen, there'd be a lot of us, and we, we could only do it every once in a while, and it'd be great, right? Oh, oh, amen, that sounds like a great idea. I'll definitely pray about that, and I'll keep it in prayer. Um, maybe I'll keep it in prayer 17 to 21 weeks. Maybe when it gets as hot as 425, then, then you hear a little thing and maybe I'll be ready. Amen? We need to be ready to serve. How many ready to serve? Jesus was making it clear, listen, to his disciples both then and now that <coughs> those that follow me must be ready to serve. See, when you've learned enough lessons the hard way, you don't want any more time in the oven. Come on, somebody been there, say amen. When you, when you realize that money, sex, and stuff will never fully satisfy, then, then you don't need any more ingredients. You're saying, I'm ready to serve. Come on, somebody. When you've already gotten yourself to the point where everything else has still left you cold, then you don't need no more time to defrost. You just want to say, I'm ready to serve. Amen? Listen, man, all we need is one man of God to sit in between these two frozen bag of, bag of stuff. Amen? And the fire from this one man of God or woman of God, the worship from this person right here, by the end of the service, this will be ready to eat. Amen? Just one man of God would sit in the cold section. Would, 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 can, can I challenge the real Christians in here to find the cold section in the church? That's the section where everybody's texting. That's the section where, where everybody has their phones open pretending it's the Bible and, and saying, oh, preacher, brother, I'm looking up the scriptures in my... I know some of you do, so, but, but you know. But this is the section where they're faking the funk, right? This is the section where every three minutes it's like, uh, okay, I got to go to the bathroom again. And let's skip through the aisle during the middle of the word. And let's come around the front. Let's come around and skip. And, and let's make distractions. Let's wave at people's baby. Oh, cute. And, you know, that, that, that's, you know, that's the cold section. That's the section that needs some heat. Amen? Amen? I don't know how that same person sit through a three-hour movie, but they can't sit through a 30-minute sermon. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, I realize there's a lot more entertainment in the movies. I understand that. A lot more special effects, a lot more volume, a lot more, uh, a lot to see. But, but, but listen, man, this thing will change your life. A movie, you could just, at best, you walk out and say, that was good. The Word of God can change your life, amen? But when you realize that in your own strength you can't make it happen, then you don't need any more time to get prepared. You'll, you'll never be prepared enough. Can you tell somebody you'll never be prepared enough? Just get ready to serve. You have to be ready to serve at a moment's notice, ready to do what God has called you to do. Listen to me, family, please listen, listen. When you step out, 
and do what God calls you to do. When you step out and just say, God, I'm ready to serve. And when you start serving in any area, it doesn't matter. Because listen, when you serve God, it doesn't matter if you scrub the toilet or if you let, uh, play the guitar. Do you understand? It's all service to the king. Amen? And, and God doesn't see it like, oh, oh, there's my gifted worship leader. Or, or there's my, you know, anything else. Or there's my pastor that's so special. No. No, this, the person that wiped the toilet down so that the next person could come in and see like, wow, this place is clean, amen? God sees them all the same. He says he's not a respecter of persons. That's what that scripture means. God is no respecter of persons, amen? <clears throat> but listen to me, when you step out, sometimes all hell will break out against you. You hear the amens from those that know what I'm talking about. If you're not amen and you probably haven't stepped out in a while. You probably haven't stepped out and say, God, I'm ready to serve. I'll serve in any area you want me to. And then when they come and ask you to sign up someplace, oh, I'm going to pray about that. <clears throat> when you step out, all hell will break out against you. Sometimes people who thought you thought loved you will turn on you. Sometimes, sometimes those who you thought were your friends will show you that they're not. You show yourself ready to serve anyway. Because when you do, the promise kicks in. Jesus tells us, the Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. Amen? Come on, thank God for the promise this morning. Can you tell somebody today, no more excuses, no more holding back, no more fear, no more doubt, no more trusting and waiting on men. I am ready to serve. Can you just say that to somebody? I'm ready to serve. And now some people can say, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, slow down, slow down. But he's Jesus. He could be ready to serve at a moment's notice. He's Jesus. And we could, you know, we say, well, he's fully God, you know, he could be fully man, but he's fully God, man. And, and, but now, now we can hear Jesus say that and say, yeah, but he, you know, he was God. He can say that he doesn't feel what we feel. He doesn't go through the emotions that we have. Well, let's look at verse 27. Verse 27, he says, now, after he's, he said that serving me is going to put you in the center of God's will, but it's going to get you exactly where I am. Look what he says in verse 27. Look what's going through his heart and his mind. He says, now my heart is troubled. And that's just fancy talk back then to, for what us would say. I, I, now I'm scared to death. Now I'm panicked. Now I'm, I'm, I'm so nervous. Now I'm upset. Now I'm emotional. Now I'm about to lose my mind. I'm about to have a, a, a breakdown. He says, now my heart is troubled. I am storm-tossed. My soul is distressed. We read later on in the hours before he was taken that he prayed so heavily that his sweat was like clots of blood dripping to the ground. Don't tell me this was easy for him. Don't tell me that it was easy because he was God. What, what, what does he say here? Verse 27 continues. Listen, verse 27. He says, but what am I to say? Father, get me out of this? No, this is why I came in the first place. And so I'll say, Father, glorify your name. 
Father, put your glory on display. Church, sometimes bad things happen to good people. I wish, listen, I wish as a pastor, I'd have like this full understanding of it that so that when these things happen, I could <coughs> have all the answers and be, be able to explain it, you know, all to you. But the responsibility of the believer is just to be ready to serve. At a moment's notice, our role, the part that we play here on this world, is to give people a reason for the hope that we have. To give people to understand that nothing compares to the promise that I have. Amen? See, too many preachers have made too many promises for too many years. That walking with God is a cakewalk. It's all about the blessings and not the blesser. It's all about the gifts and not the giver. Your best life now. Jesus says to his disciples, if you're going to serve me, then follow me. But when you follow me, you're going to find yourself right where I am. And where was he? He was about to be talked about. He was about to be humiliated. He was about to be spit upon. He was about to be beaten. He was about to be unfairly tried, unfairly convicted. He was about to sweat blood and cry tears. He was about to feel pain. He was about to experience brokenness and right before it was all over, listen, he was going to feel the weight of rejection from his father as he took upon the sins of the world. Somebody say, that's not my best life now. That's not my best life now. Listen, don't, don't misunderstand me. Yes, we walk blessed. Amen? Anybody blessed? Come on, anybody blessed? Man, we walk blessed, we walk favored, we walk in authority, we operate in the supernatural. We're the head and not the tail. We go from glory to glory, amen? But listen, sometimes in between that glory and the next glory, there's a valley. Sometimes, a lot of times, in between this glory and the next there's, there's going to be a hard time. There's going to be a sickness that we don't understand. There's going to be a death that we can't explain. There's going to be a delay that we don't know how to deal with. There might be some unfair trials. There might be some bad convictions in between this glory and the next. We might have to feel some pain. We might have to experience some brokenness before we hit the next glory. Amen? Jesus said, should I pray, Father, get me out of here? Or say, Daddy, be glorified. Church, too many times, you know, we'll take all the blessings, we'll take all the love, we'll take the love the people in church have for us, we'll take the, the blessing, oh, I need a car, somebody gave you a car in church, I need money, somebody help you pay your bill. We'll take all the blessings, but when things get hard, when things get shook, when things get that we don't understand, we say, Father, get me out of here, I'm out of here. I'm out of here, I'm not walking this walk. It's a lie. But the truth is, family, it's not a lie. Listen, if you've been lied to from the beginning, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, but, but to walk with God is not a cakewalk. To walk with God is for the strong. To walk with God is not... People see us as meek. They see us as like we, gotta, we have a crutch. We need to depend on something. Man, you all need to depend on something. I'm just dependent on what's real. I'm dependent on what's strong. I'm dependent on what's bigger than me. Amen? But it's not easy. It's not a cakewalk. And it's not for the weak. <coughs> Church, our mission is to help people understand that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8.34, it says, Who is he that condemns Christ Jesus who died? More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God. And he's also interceding for you and for me. 35, who shall separate us from this love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? Verse 36, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. 37, no, in all these things we are made more than conquerors. Somebody say amen. Through him who loved us, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height or death or anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Church, I need, I, I need, we need people to just say, man, I'm ready to serve. I am ready to serve. We need to get to the point in our life where we say, God, at a moment's notice, I'm ready to serve. Father, this thing is hard that you're, that you're making me walk through right now, but God, be glorified in this. God, I don't understand what I'm going through right here, but Father, be glorified in this. God, I don't know why you're delaying on this promise. I don't know why, but God, be glorified in this. God, I, I, I prayed, and, and the thing that I prayed for didn't happen. God, I don't have full understanding, but Father, be glorified in this because no matter what I'm ready to serve I'm ready to serve listen when Jesus said that he says I'm ready to serve father be glorified the word of God says that a voice came out of the sky and it said I have glorified it and I'll glorify it again verse 29 the listening crowd said is it thunder? Others said it was an angel that spoke to him. Then Jesus got even, even heavier on them. And, and he started telling them to wake up. Verse 35. Verse 35. Jesus said, for a brief time still, the light is among you. Walk by the light you have so that darkness doesn't destroy you. Listen, if you walk in darkness, you don't, have, you, you, you don't know where you're going. But as you have the light, believe in the light. Then the light will be within you and shining through your lives. You will be children of light. We sing praises to your name, O oh Lord. The great I am who loves us extravagantly without boundaries. You broke those and set us free from a life of death and carnality. Daily you wake us and speak L-O-V-E into our lives. 
warning us not to let no one dim our lights or lend an ear to gossip. Thanksgiving is our language. You gave us everything we need to manage a life that is pleasing and acceptable to you. So everything else is just an excuse for us to stay in our sin. There's no reason to live a life of sexual promiscuity, lust, or impurity. You have better use for us in our time. Let's not worship the things of this world. They soon will rot and rust. Like religious smooth talkers, Lord, I know you've had enough of our ungodly things done in secret, knowing the light could never keep it in darkness, making everything visible. Awake, oh sleeper, rise up from the dead, it's critical. And I ain't making this up, it's biblical. We must be careful how we live and not live like fools or act thoughtless, but understand what the Lord wants us to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin you. Let's live as people of light, for the light within you produces fruit that is ripe and true. Watch your step, use your head, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times, and many lives are on the line. Let's drink of God and do away with the old wine. Make room for the new, praise him with everything that is in you. Greet each other with songs and him. Greet each other with songs about him. God bless you, amen. Lord, I'm ready to serve. Yeah, yeah. Amen. See, we got to be ready to serve, church. We got to be ready to serve at a moment's notice. You know, it, it breaks my heart sometimes when I ask somebody, would you come and share? Would you come and stand with me? Would you come and, and, and pray? And, 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 and this fear and this doubt and everything gets inside of them. And they're like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I can't. This week was a bad week. And I said, but if you're not ready, then who? If you're not going to stand up and declare God's goodness, then who's going to do it? If you're too busy fighting in your marriage, who's going to be up here fighting for marriages? If you're too busy dealing with, with lust and dealing with stuff that, that's shaking you and, and distracting you, who's going to be up here and, and trying to get people to focus? If you're too busy, if you're too busy working on that, then who's going to do it? Is it me? Is it just me? Is it just a select few? Is it, is it right to have a supermarket of stuff that's not ready to serve and, and just one or two people burning out, going crazy? Church, we all have the same mandate. We're all called. We're all, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, then you need to serve me. And if you're going to serve me, you're going to find yourself right where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. Listen to this last verse. I just want to finish the chapter today. Verse 46 says, I am the light that has come into the world so that all who believe in me won't have to stay any longer in the dark. If anyone hears what I'm saying and doesn't take it seriously, let me say that again. If anyone hears what I'm saying and doesn't take it seriously, I don't, this is Jesus' words, I don't reject him. The NIV says, I don't judge him. You got to hear God's heart right here. Jesus is finishing up. He's giving his last talk before the madness begins. And he's saying, if anyone hears what I'm saying and and doesn't take it seriously, I don't judge him. I didn't come to judge the world, he says. I came to save the world. 
But you need to know, this is what the word says, but you need to know that whoever puts me off refusing to take what I'm saying is willfully choosing judgment. So Jesus says, I don't judge you. You're choosing judgment. I came to save you. I didn't come to judge you. I didn't come to reject you. I didn't come to deny you. I came to approve you. I came to love you. I came to serve you. I came to get you out of your junk because I knew you was in junk. I came to pull you out of the funk because I smelled it. I didn't come to tell you how funky you were. I came to pull you out of it. I didn't come. Jesus, we have this, this thing, man, and, and, and we share it in our evangelism and the way we talk to people. We share it. We get this judgmental uh, uh, self-righteousness and, and we talk to sinners like, you know, God, God. No, God says, I didn't come to judge them. I came to get them out. But the body of Christ is so busy telling people how dirty they are, telling people how sinful they are, telling people how sinful it is to do this or to do that or to do... Listen, they know that. Everybody knows that, right? The world knows that. Jesus said, I didn't come to judge you. I came to accept you. I didn't come to reject you. I came to receive you. I didn't come because you were justified. I came to justify you. I didn't come because you could be saved. I came so that you would be saved. I didn't come because you, you were whole. I came to make you whole. If you reject me, you're, you're, you're choosing rejection. The word, he says, the word made flesh that I have spoken of and that I am. That word and no other is the last word. Jesus says, I got the last word because I am the word. Do you understand the beauty of that? A lot of times we tell God, you know, we, we're going to tell him, I hate you. I'm mad at you. I'm, God says, I have the last word because I am the word. Amen. If you're angry, get over it. I love you. I know you're angry. I came so that you wouldn't be angry. If you're separated from God today, listen, if you're sitting here today and you're separated from God, Jesus said, I didn't come to reject you or to separate you. I didn't come to let you join a church. I came to accept you. I came to receive you. I came to make you whole. Walk in the light while you have the light. That's what Jesus was telling them back then. And that's what, as a, as a minister, I have to tell you today. Walk in the light while you have the light. I'm not one that usually wants to scare people into, I don't want to scare nobody into heaven. I mean, if I get you into heaven, I don't care how it happens. But, but realistically, I'm not here to scare anybody. But, but have, you, have you been seeing the storms and the hurricanes and the thunder that we've been experiencing lately? When I read this, this thing, and, and, and some people, when, when God spoke down to Jesus, they said, is it thunder? And so that's been in my head, and so I've been hearing thunder, and I'm wondering, God, are you speaking to somebody? I, I hear thunder like I've never heard before, shaking the whole neighborhood, shaking blocks, knocking power out like, like never before. And I say, God, are you speaking to somebody? Are you talking to us and we don't understand? Are you, are, you, are you talking to your church and we're not listening? Because we're too busy with our own theologies and our own agendas. God, are, are you speaking, God, and we're still following some program that we copied from some church in the Midwest because they're bigger than we are? God, are you speaking, God? That's why I decided for me, as for me, 
I'm ready to serve at a moment's notice. I'm ready to serve. And that's all I can do. I'm ready to serve. If God says, plant this church, I planted this church. If he told me to step out and get another building, I got another building. God, I'll step out. I'll do whatever you say, God. I'm ready to serve at a moment's notice. If you can say that, would you come and worship with us? Come on, if that's your heart, would you come and worship with us? That's the heart of a 1-5 revolution. Man, you can't be a 1-5. Take this shirt off and burn it. You can't be down with that unless you say, God, I'm ready to serve at a moment's notice. I don't care about my iPod. I don't care about the junk, stupid music that I'm listening to every day. I don't care about the stuff that I'm feeding myself every time. God, I'm ready to serve at a moment's notice. If you tell me to smash my iPod, I'll smash it. If you tell me to destroy my cell phone, I'll destroy it. If you tell me to block MTV and BET and all them stupid channels, God, I'll block them. Come on, that's the kind of young people we need. That's that's what's going to start a revolution. Everything else is weak, carnal, Christian junk. junk. Amen? That's just just people that, that chew Christian mints because they think that, come on, man. It's the real deal, amen? Jesus. I'm ready to serve. Go ahead, fellas. We're ready to serve. We're ready to serve. supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. us.